at about 10pm last night, as a result of a drive-by shooting, a two-year-old girl uh, passed away in Peruri Street. This was a result of conflict between two Wanganui gangs, mongrel mob and black power. I, I thought it was just backfiring, actually. I didn't actually think it was the gunfire until someone was running along the road, oh, my baby, and, you know, but... Um, yeah, I actually thought it was backfiring, actually. All I seen was this black car, and it had heaps of sparks coming out of one of the windows. And um, then um, Nanny told me to get down because it was gunshot, so I got down, like she said, and she went out to see what it was, and then this lady was running up the road yelling, holding the baby, and um, yeah, then Nanny grabbed it, and she's like, Call the ambulance, someone's being shot! The death of two-year-old Gia Tetua in a drive-by shooting here on Puriri Street in the Whanganui suburb of Gonville in June jolted the image of patched gangs firmly back into the nation's consciousness. Neighbours bolted their doors, the media turned up in droves and city leaders vowed to rid the streets of the gangs that caused this toddler's death. Twelve men, all associated with the mongrel mob, one of the country's two most notorious gangs, are awaiting trial for her murder. Since then, there have been several other gang-related incidents involving patched gangs in Waikato and Bay of Plenty and the younger Los Angeles-style street gangs in Auckland. Canterbury University's Jared Gilbert, who's written his PhD on patched gangs here, says the rise in violence is surprising. By and large, the adult patched gangs have, um, have calmed down their antisocial tendencies. If we think back to the 70s and 80s and even into the 90s, they were brawling and, and, and putting on you know, overt displays of, of, of antisocial behaviour, and we don't tend to see that from them so much anymore. Mm, I guess that's because high-profile things like this take away their ability to do business. That's the you know the common assumption that it's a it's a it's a you know a drug or a crime related issue, but I think there's a far more uh, simple explanation, which I actually think is far more accurate, and that is the fact that those um, gang members have tend to have got you know a lot older. You'll find you know the average age in, in, in those patch type gangs has increased significantly over the years, and I think you know a man who's 45 or 50 is just not going to get up to the same activities he did when he was you know a, a younger chap. He says it would be foolish to say that patched gangs are on the straight and narrow. But he says that with older members settling down, the younger generation is looking elsewhere. I mean, there, there certainly is a, a criminal element to it, and nobody wants their lives uh, disrupted, which you know acute policing um, tends to do. So um, there's certainly that element to it as well. But I think uh, you know you don't have to look too much further than an age-related issue, to be honest. And, and this is why we see these. Uh, you know, these youth, you know, LA-style street gangs are up to that behaviour. Why are they up to that behaviour? Um, you know, the violence, the overt violence, because they're, they're young, you know, that's what, what young people tend to do. But to lawmakers, the gangs are seen as a violent threat to society. Even before the death of Gia Tetua, Wanganui's Mayor Michael Laws was working up a bylaw that would ban gang regalia and colours in the city. That bylaw's now been handed over to Whanganui MP Chester Burrows, a former policeman who's taken it to Parliament as a local bill. He says the police need all the help they can get. The gang regalia bill will be part of the solution and uh, has the opportunity to take the heat out of some situations by creating neutral territory. So if you've got uh, two factions watching a rugby league game and they're not patched, even though they know each other, there's no imperative to start trouble. And uh, when you start talking about the concept of neutral turf, neutral territory, the gangs understand that and the gangs aren't as anti, anti the idea as people might think.
But Jared Gilbert says the bill is flawed. For starters, if we if we want to see gang members as organised criminals, then the best thing they can do is advertise themselves. I've said before, if Al Qaeda were wearing gang patches, then we would you know would, <laughs> life would be made a whole lot e- easier for a lot of people. But moreover, gangs exist all around the world. Patches, for street gangs at least in New Zealand, are quite unique. Now, all around the world, they have gangs without patches. Just to ban patches doesn't mean you're going to get rid of gangs. There are, you know, infinite amount of other ways to a gang can identify themselves. You know, banning patches is crazy, and what it does do is it makes it a lot harder for the police to to to, to police gangs. The government is also introducing legislation nationally that it says will help break the gangs. Annette King, who's both the Minister for Police and Justice, says the setting up of an organised crime agency to replace the serious fraud office will greatly help in the fight against the criminal activities of some gangs. I think the main thing is that it puts organised crime under the spotlight of uh, police activity The police then are given extra uh, powers and extra abilities to be able to pursue those involved in organised crime. Um, And I think the combination of legislation, um, of the strategy and of the agency itself will mean that it will be a lot harder for those who want to be involved in organised crime to undertake their activities. And New Zealanders want nothing less. And she says this year there will be changes to the Crimes Act and the introduction of the Organised Crime and Penalties Sentencing Bill, which will give the police more power. They'll be able to use more of their tools to um, monitor and to police, to investigate um, the activities of gangs because they will be able to have interception warrants of the activities of these gangs. And of course that's how they will be able to pick up what activities they are up to. Um, There's also um, an amendment to the Sentencing Act relating to aggravating and mitigating factors to be taken into account uh, by the court at sentencing. Um, This enables the fact that an offence is committed partly or wholly because of the offender's participation in an organised criminal group can be considered as an aggregating factor. So these are two extra tools, if you like, um, in the toolbox in the fight um, against organised crime. But another politician, the Māori Party co-leader Tariana Turia, who spent years working with gangs in Whanganui, has a different view of these new tools in the toolbox, as they're so often called. My view is, is that we already have legislation in place. We don't need the police to have further powers, Um, you know, given the behaviour of the police in the last few weeks, I think that for me as a citizen of this land, I would be extremely concerned if there wasn't legislation already in place um, that they can't use now, that they need more, uh, given what they've been able to do. You know, they've got groups under huge surveillance and I know that from one case that's in the court at the moment involving a gang um, where the police have had access uh, through surveillance to their cell phones, to their home phones, um, to their computers, those who've got them. And Mrs Turia says the focus on gangs is unjustified. Criminals should be all treated equally before the law. They shouldn't be treated differently uh, simply by their clothes. Anybody who who either acts against another human being, acts against other people's property, they should all be treated according to the law, 
not because of who they are or, or what they've got. And we're already seeing where, you know, people who commit white-collar crimes are treated differently. Um, people are often able to buy their way out of offending. Uh, it's not good. I don't think that that's a sound justice system. To start bringing in more laws and for the police to be talking about ethnic targeting, um, that's a huge concern. That's institutional racism in practice. And they hate anybody using the R word. Uh, but in the end, if you're going to put on your website that these are the groups that you're going to target and it's going to be ethnically based, um, yeah, then I'm going as a Māori Party member and a Māori Party leader to say uh, that this is outrageous because they're talking about our people, they're talking about people of Pacific origin, origins. And um, they should, as I say, uh, target those who are offending regardless. However, the police website, while mentioning race, talks about gang membership, not ethnic targeting. Here's what the site says about the established gangs in New Zealand. Mongrel mob, black power and nomad gangs are the prominent New Zealand gangs. Memberships dominated by Pacific Islands and Māori people. They often wear distinctive patches and other gang paraphernalia, and facial and body tattoos are a common feature. These gangs have been involved in serious violence, selling and distributing drugs, possessing firearms and offensive weapons, and using intimidation and threatening tactics in pursuit of their criminal activities. Researcher Jared Gilbert says while the country was shocked by the death of a toddler in a gang fight, so in fact were the gangs. He says while it's obvious that gangs are involved in criminal activity, this was outside their code. Even the mongrel mob that, that pulled the trigger in that particular incident um, aren't happy what happened. Nobody was wanting to see a, 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 a child killed and, and in fact putting a hit on a house is usually outside of um, gang rules uh, and, and the reason for, for, to have those rules is for the fact that you know you don't get families involved. It's a, it's a gang dispute so it's gang member against gang member. Edge to Fighty is a mongrel mob member from Auckland and he supports such ideas. For us it's, it's our, our, our mahi, mahi is uh, concentrated in Auckland. Mm. Now when um, when there's these issues or all these confrontations that pop up, you know, somewhere down country, like you said, uh, Wanganui, then um, we can only hope that uh, you know our relationships, you know, within within the city that we we reside in here in Auckland, is is, is able to be um, to be utilised, you know, down country where there are more trouble spots. You know, these fellows are off the map. They're isolated. You know, um, they're not in the game that we're in up here. Jared Gilbert says the gang regalia bill and other legislation targeting gangs won't work and is just the latest reflex to an outbreak of violence. On the whole, uh, gang legislation in this country has has, uh, sadly been incredibly ineffective and I think the reason for that is we tend to, um, don't tend to understand the issue uh, for one and for two that we we tend to have a knee-jerk reaction to these things and uh, and look for the easiest, what seems to be the easiest solution, and, and these, these solutions unfortunately have no effect. But while lawmakers look to end the violence, it seems the gangs are trying to do the same thing themselves. Late last year, a hui was held in South Auckland to discuss ways to stop the youth gang problems that have been ongoing there for a number of years. It was an unprecedented gathering, with leaders present from most of the major patched gangs, Black Power, Mongrel Mob, Tribesmen and Hells Angels. And they were all singing from the same page and looking for an end to the warfare between youth gangs. Uh, we're done. 
from a place up the road here called uh, Pukaki, my uh, Marae I'm from the streets of uh, Māngari. Roy Dunn is a senior member of the notorious chapter of the mongrel mob. He's been a gang member most of his life, but is now working as a community worker in Mangere while still wearing a patch. Speaking at the Hui, he told me how he got to become a member of the mob. At a young age, I was taken away out of the, you know, from the system. I was taken away at the age of seven, put in uh, foster kids, foster homes, boys' homes, you know, prisons, jails, done, you know, everything. For most of my life. Uh, so, over time, you get older. Like you heard one of the fellas in there say about his kid, he'd been in jail that long, his kid was 18 when he got out. So, seeing all that and getting a bit thing, you know, it's time to, to change there for the reason of your kids. Roy Dunn says his chapter of the gang has made a conscious decision to live a more conventional, law-abiding way, although that's a journey that's ongoing. But he says those who'd work to stamp out gangs entirely are deluded. Yeah, well, I think um, at the end of the day, that's the perspective. But at, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we ain't going anywhere. And I think you might have heard me talk about there about changes and uh, what, what our rupee. And I've been on there for the last 10 years, and you don't change overnight. So the perspective, if somebody does something down the road down there, and like down Wellington or Wanganui, it comes back on us. So we get tainted with the same thing. So... Really, all the credits today is the reason why we like this. But you are working to change? Well, I wouldn't be doing this mahi if I wasn't. Mm. Mm. Hey. Another mongrel mob member, Edge Tafaiti, was less inclined to tell me about his past. Oh, that's, a, that's an old question. Um, it's just by choice. By choice, sometimes by circumstances. Um, that's all I have to say about that. However, he too is looking to show the younger generation there's a better life than the one he lived. We're here to pretty much well to show these young fellas that you know the we've been through the conflict, but we don't need to continue go you know going through the conflict with each other. And that, that's pretty much our point uh, for them is for them to realise that um, look these other ways of uh, resolving your issues. I think if they can see that we can come together on um, on, on a cope up or on, on on issues concerning our. Um, our welfare, in, in their welfare, then uh, so be it. But Edge Tafaiti says getting funding for the work he and Roy Dunn are doing is difficult. All he's got is a salary. He's got he's got nothing. To, you know, he can't work on a budget to um, to put projects together. Um, you know, he he has no resources, and um, you know Roy's learning as as, as he's going, and um, you know I've gone through that myself. It's just the way the you know the the pile is thick. That's how it is. We. Um, it's hard to sit, uh, you know, the the gov- government uh, ministries down and um, and give them the the, the co-papa. You know, I, I somehow think that they they probably are wondering, you know, whether we're scamming them or something. It ain't, uh, you know, for us it's not a scam. It's um, we have an interest in what happens on the streets because our kids are out there as well, and um, we want, you know, we need to know that they're able to go from home to the shops and get back or to the parks and, and do that safely. And um, if, if we don't have a, you know, have, have an influence on the streets, and w- which we do have, then uh, we better do it right. I still wonder, oh yeah, if you like the ish we do, because eh, mm, I'm going to take you higher. Some of the youth gangs themselves are at the Hui, including a large contingent of one which calls itself the Spices. 
They've already been exposed to the effects of extreme violence, losing a friend who was shot in a confrontation. The police have recognised the rise of the youth gangs as their webpage on organised crime states. These gangs typically consist of urban youth. Much of the trouble they get into imitates the American ghetto scene and can include serious crimes such as robbery and aggravated robbery. Many street gangs exist for only short periods. They often rely on the leadership of individuals who either decide to change their lifestyle or end up in jail. Tagging is often associated with the activities of street gangs as a means of expressing the presence of certain individuals or gangs in a neighbourhood. A member of the Spices, Di Lawi, says the group came together for solidarity and to make themselves distinct from the usual South Auckland youth gangs. You know, growing up as a young kid, it was all about red and blue. You know, we, we brought up brown. I, I said that last year in the paper that, you know, we started from a touch team and it's all happened, it's all come out like this. And what we're doing is bringing in the brown and the blue together and just making your own come as we're like the neutral brown. He says he's over the violence and came to the hui to do something about it. Trying to work a better way for the rest of us, you know, and all this um, tension that's been going on and showing on the media as well. Uh, we've experienced violence on the street and we trying to, you know, limit it and stop it. But a community worker in Mangere, Bill Peace, who works for the Tamaki Kiraru Trust, a charitable organisation providing education and training opportunities, says there's a long way to go and South Auckland's streets are far from safe. No, um, but what the sentiment has done has planted the seed that um, the potential of what can be um, really a, a life-changing quite life-changing and so it's got to be done some this is it's begun and uh, we can only go from here working together the community and the crews and the gangs together as one it's fantastic yeah looking forward to what starts from here however he says the landmark hui has shown the younger generation that the older gangs have moved forward absolutely i mean i, I personally grew up in otari and i saw rival gangs would never cross the road um, and fights would normally erupt, but t- today was something absolutely amazing. And to see some of the some of the crews, some of the gang crews, who are now supporting the idea of working together collaboratively, um, it's just um, fantastic, fantastic. And as Tamikaro is, we've been funded through a Ministry of Social Development. Um, our role is to how we can be a part of that and support that um, with what our role is, is to look at resources, look at getting community organisations together to support and, and, and just the movement done by the guys. So that was fantastic. Of course, it's not just those who run with gangs that are affected. Their families Wives, partners and children are also caught up in the lifestyle, as the death of Gia Tetua so plainly showed. Donna Edwards has lived around gang members all her life and says she's had enough. I surely wouldn't want my kids following in the same footsteps as my uncles who are gang members, and especially just going to jail is um, the main thing, and um, us kids being educated so we can get that good job and not have to resort to crime to be able to live 
mm. our life, you know, legitimate businesses and mm. so forth and stuff like that. And she says the willingness of her family and friends to learn a new way of life is encouraging. And they surely don't want us kids following in their footsteps. So um, encouraging us to um, get educated or what we want, listening to us mm. is the main thing and um, being able to steer us, um, breaking the cycles, you know, of crime, you know, selling tinnies or whatever, um, you know, anything to put us kids, they, they've got kids, of, like I said, got kids of themselves, grandparents, and they don't want us kids or our, us, us, you know, our grandchildren heading in that direction and taking the path that they did. The hui of rival gangs to discuss peace has former Black Power member Dennis O'Reilly remembering other such meetings, although with more sinister themes. Yeah, we all heard about the, you know, the, the top table, you know, the, the, the fabled top table when methamphetamine was introduced and, and so on and so forth. Well, you're seeing a top table there, right out in public, you know, and guys getting up and when they fly their flag they're, they're flying their flag this is not um, you know, this is not sort of hypocritical uh, you know flim flam for the public and then you know tinny house you know selling pee around the bloody corner or something so they, you know it's a, um, and, and as those guys said it takes you know you don't you know you don't change you know it doesn't change overnight and uh, uh, so I you know there's some good there is some there is some good stuff going on here. Um, there are New Zealand ways of responding to things. There is Kiwi policing, you know, uh, and uh, we c- we don't have to go down um, the route that uh, you know has been gone down in North America and other countries where they just try total suppression policies. Dennis O'Reilly says all of the laws targeting gangs are drawn from a blueprint from overseas and won't work here. We're treating gang as a default for organised criminal groups. We've bought into this international legislation, uh, so we're trying to be good global citizens. But we're using North American definitions for South Pacific issues, and they're not the same. You know, Ethnic gang is not the same as indigenous gang. These people come from here. They live in a, in a uh, gregarious way. That's the highly social people. And, and if you start, you know, as that old saying, you call a dog a bad name, you know, that's what you get. And, and so, um, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to deny uh, the fact that there, you know, um, often uh, there can be some really negative stuff going on. So this is not an either or, it's an and and, it's, it's carrot and stick. And our policies at the moment only seem to have stick. But he, like Edge to Fighty from the Mongrel Mob, doesn't see the government committing to making social change where it counts. And there's no politician is going to say, yes, I'm working with a gang or anything like that. They're, they're going to run a mile, you know. It's just a, not a politically popular sort of stance, you know. Uh, but if you just get pragmatic um, and just say, look, if we could sort out 70 or 80% of the stuff, you know, through people like Roy and whatever at a community level, you know, you still keep your police surveillance going and... And if you you got to deal and steal, then deal and steal. You know what I mean? You, if you got to police hard, then police hard. That's them's the them's the rules. You know. But the tough approach to gang activity isn't likely to change, even with a new government. Chester Burrows says National will come down with an equally strong hand. The National Party uh, wants to do several things um, 
firstly, make those changes to the Sentencing Act. Secondly, make it easier for uh, gangs to be or gang members to be prosecuted um, under the Section 98A of the Crimes Act. Make it easier for the police to um, storm gang fortifications and drag them down because although the law exists, it's so complicated it hasn't happened uh, very much. Basically, to take away a disincentive for people belonging to gangs, and, and then if they're going to um, um, obtain assets and money through crime, we've got to make it easier to take that off them. But again, Tariana Turia says specifically targeting gangs is the wrong approach and the target should be crime itself. I've always judged people as I've found them. I think, like I've said, uh, that these um, gangs, if that's the label we want to put on them, um, have some extremely good people there and who want to make change. But like I say, when you're very disaffected, when you're outside of what's called, considered to be the norms of society, uh, then you're always going to get groups within that group who are behaving badly. And I know that in the mongrel mob, for instance, there's been a huge drive to address the issue of P, but you'll always have pockets of them still engaged in P, either by using or by passing it on to others. Back here in Whanganui, the community is still grieving the loss of a young child, and there are still patched up men walking the streets. And that's not likely to change, no matter how many are put in jail, or how many are shown an alternative path in life. But if gang members like Edge to Fighty are to be believed, work is being done from within, to make those patches less of a threat to both those who wear them, and the communities in which they're worn. You ask any rural town, any bloody, any other city, they've got the same problems that, that, that's here in Auckland with their youth back in their towns. That's the way it is. But it doesn't need to continue that way because um, I think the biggest point is, is that proving to the kids, look, there's no future in line in those beds in the prisons and uh, Māori is still represented you know, highly in there.